Hello again. Um, so I'm back now talking to Kylie Jarrett, um, who is the um, head of the Department of Media Studies at uh, Maynooth University. And her research is focused on uh, political economy of digital media. So hi, Kylie. Hi, Chris. Hi, thanks for, um, uh, thanks for talking to me for this uh, podcast. Um, I, I've been looking forward to talking to you for a while because I think I first encountered your work um, when you were talking at an event I went to, I think, at Middlesex um, uh-huh. on, on kind of uh, on digital labour and, and related things. And then I read your um, book after that, or, or one, one of your books, which is Feminism, Labour and Digital Media, The Digital Housewife, uh, which was published in think, 2016. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, and actually, it was a bit of a kind of a, a light bulb moment for me, really, um, when I saw you talk and then expanded out at, at reading your book, um, because um, I've been looking into digital labour a bit myself for a few years, and I thought I had a kind of a, a reasonable handle on it. But I'd totally, ridiculously uh, overlooked this uh, <laughs> this aspect, which you really highlight uh, in your work, um, which is... The, uh, which is really neatly encapsulated in this idea of the digital housewife. Um, so, I can assure you, you weren't alone in having <laughs> that particular. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Research. Well, and I think that's something you kind of highlight in the book as well. That you were kind of talking to other people who uh, were supposedly kind of expert in this area, and who would just sort of dismiss your main kind of contribution in some ways. Really. Uh, yeah. It was. It was. It was. It was. I mean, I guess in many ways, not my contribution, but the the, the idea. I mean, there, there's an anecdote I, I describe in the book where I was at a conference and uh, this chap was waxing lyrical about the material labour, how important mm. it is to understanding the digital, and and then saying that it was the first time that this kind of labour had been exploited by capitalism. And mm. you know, I as I said, I put on my old school Marxist hat and fake beard and just said, no, <laughs> that's mm. not true, because of domestic work. And and he literally dismissed me, poo-pooed me, dismissed it summarily as as an idea. And wow. yeah, quite frankly, it pissed me off. Uh, yeah. So you know, I, I, as most of my research began, it began with me being pissed off about <laughs> something. Um, it just took me a while to get around to writing the damn thing. Yeah. When, well, I was waiting for someone else to do it. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's the easy way, then you can just read it. Um, but, <laughs> exactly. Um, but it is, it is, I think this aspect of your work, at least, is an intervention into this notion of digital labour. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, could you summarise how you understand that, that concept in general? Um, oh, geez, digital. It's funny you ask that. I'm, I'm literally just finishing an encyclopedia entry on digital labour. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it's, it's like, yeah, it's all things to all people. I don't think mm. we actually know what we mean by the term. It's, it's, it's mm. very broad church as it happens. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, as I said, you know, it, it, it kind of can range from the unpaid work of users uh, doing data likes and what have you on Facebook, which is the, the bit I'm interested in. Um, uh, from that to, you know, people working as web developers or game designers to people in the, you know, uh, you know, coltan mining and, you know, the electronic waste disposal. So we can look at all of those as various kinds of digital labor. So I, I and I, I'm not quite sure you know, and you've got to get there through all the platform and gig economy work as well. So um, I'm not sure we know what we mean by it at this point. I think we're flinging it about willy nilly. Um, 
And I, th- I think in terms of the digital housewife, I was really, really just looking at user labour. Um, partly, you know, I'm a consumer culture researcher historically who happened to start researching things on the internet in the 90s and kind of ended up <laughs> ended up continuing to do it. Um, so that's why I'm interested in users slash consumers and what they do with cultural products. Um, so, so that user labour is... Um is is the the everyday kind of interactions that we have with social media and and uh, websites and online platforms of all kinds which kind of provides data for companies and therefore therefore kind of provides value for companies but we kind of do those activities which are so useful to them um usually without pay along those lines yeah, that that was the key focus of the book. I, I, I would also, I mean, the research I, I would be doing if I wasn't head of department um, would be very much more focused on, uh, I guess, more paid work in right. the gig economy, uh, which is mediated by digital platforms. Um, I guess not the platform economy than the gig economy, because of course the gig economy is much broader um, than that. But um, yeah, I haven't got time to do that. So, um, so uh, in terms of the digital housewife, it is just really focused on user labour. Although I think I think the ideas there have have greater purchase um, and can be used more broadly than than that. Um, I think. I think so. Yeah, and, and especially because um, those uh, boundaries are kind of blurring in, in various ways. And uh, as I understand it, um, I've directly researched myself either, but um part of the um the work really that uber drivers um or, or delivery um riders do for those companies is actually producing that uh, that data on journeys and and, mm-hmm. and orders and, and those kinds of things which i think ultimately those companies want to obviously use that data in order to to get rid of those employees uh, in in an ideal world for them so um they they're kind of doing some of that um, producing that, that kind of user labor um, conducting that user labor um, and user generated data while also getting paid admittedly not very much but yeah. getting paid uh, for doing uh, the work as well yeah yeah and the, the yeah that role of quantification in uh, in in those labor practices is, is really interesting uh, to explore as well um, yeah and the, 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 there's a lot to think about in terms of that as the kind of disciplining tools in terms of social reproduction, uh, disciplining tools of that workforce as well. So you produce the data that then disciplines you. Um, it's it's fascinating. Yeah, and then of course we're all kind of, um, uh, or many of us are connected in that kind of ecosystem through kind of rating systems and writing okay. reviews and, and giving um, you know um, star uh, star ratings to to drivers and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we're also connected again as academics, right? Um, yeah. Through you know our citation systems, which is the same, which is what so much of this is modelled on uh, in many ways, um, which is problematic on many levels. It is, and again, yeah, again, as academics, it's something that we all kind of we're all aware of, and we all kind of critique and, uh, and complain about, and this kind of thing. But uh, we can see from the inside how it's. Um, it, it's still hard to get out of that because if that's the system, then that's the system. You can't. Uh, it, it's very hard to challenge. Not impossible, but hard. Yeah, yeah. It, t- it takes a certain amount of privilege to actually challenge that. And of course. Yeah. <laughs> As we know, that's not necessarily the case for the regular Uber driver or the regular, you know, lecturer, um, no, entry no. level lecturer in particular. 
Um, and so I think um, a, a really crucial part of your analysis and why you kind of um, uh, use this kind of character of the digital housewife um, is because I think you characterize this kind of digital labor as, as not, just, not just being about producing that data, which is valuable uh, to corporations and others, but as a form of social reproduction as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, what, what is it that you're suggesting in, in this, this role of social reproduction in, in digital labor? Yeah, I think, I, think uh, I guess to me, uh, what's, what's really important is to consider, I guess, the broader ways in which what we're doing contributes to capitalism. And so I, th- I think in, the, in terms of uh, studies of digital labor, we had that Marxist turn, if you will, you know, led so well by Christian Fuchs in particular. Um, which is very much focused on economics and monetization practices as the kind of key form of exploitation and, and the problem that we need to be looking at. Um, but to me, that only ever tells half the story because there's also, you know, going back to your, your classic old school Marxist hat and fake beard again, you know, you have the whole sphere of social reproduction, which is that arena, you know, with all the ideological apparatus that, that makes capitalism, uh, um, legitimates it and makes it seem naturalised and, and makes it seem inevitable. And that's the sphere where we produce the subjects and the bodies and the, and the ideological um, orientations of people that allow capitalism to not, that was basically to not rise up against this really quite absurd system. Um, so what I wanted to do was look at uh, what I think. So I think if we're not telling that side of the story, we're not telling the whole story about how what we're doing online relates to capitalism. Um, so it was very important to look at, for instance, so, so in terms of digital labor, it's looking at the ways in which what we're doing is both monetized, uh, you know, creates use value uh, uh, and, and create is, has an exchange value later on as part of those monetization circuits, but also how, we then, uh, you know, engage in disciplining of ourselves, how we're being disciplined to be the kinds of subjects that continue to contribute to that uh, model of uh, uh, surplus value generation. So to me, that's, that's the kind of broader story that, that needed to be told um, mm. as well. <laughs> so what, uh, what would that kind of disciplining be? Um, the, the way in which we're encouraged to engage, for instance, in social media platforms, the way that we've learned to like things and to share things and retweet things, is, is it those kinds of practices? Yeah, but it's also, it's also the interpersonal practices that make that happen as well. So it's, it's, um, it's the way we discipline each other. Um, uh, you know, the fact that if you're not on, you know, whatever platform your friends are using, you don't get invited to the party because no one's bothering, their, uh, bothering to actually contact you later on. So you end up being... Yeah you know, uh, get excluded socially if you're not on these platforms. And, and just the economy of likes and, and that creation of, of um, those intensities and connections. And, and uh, you think about the kind of, uh, uh, I guess, compulsion you have to like certain posts. Um, it's funny, I, I'm, I'm friends now with my niece, who's about 12, uh, mm. on various platforms, as it happens. Um, and she has a particular mode of engaging where she goes in and likes everything I've done in the last, yeah. since she last logged on and looked at my profile, which is a very particular mode of, uh, and yeah. I think that's how her friends 
discipline each other is that you have to like everything and if you don't like it um then there's clearly going to be some kind of ructions going on yeah. in her friend network so I mean that's obviously I guess a kind of intense example but I think we do have this you know uh, these passions and 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 the self-actualization we find there as well you know this is meaningful stuff we're doing this is me expressing myself all over my Facebook and my Instagram and my Twitter um that's me you know connecting with friends and finding that connection and finding that meaning um and so yeah, so 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 I've forgotten where I was going. <laughs> but yeah, so so it's it's a form of disciplining that's again like like as, as Foucault would tell us, it's it's about pleasure. We're disciplined through mm. pleasure and desire as much as by you know the kind of uh, exclusions as well. So yeah, I mean yeah, so I think that yeah that that's so fascinating because there is that kind of social exclusion aspect of it. You know, if you're not on the network or if you're not liking things enough or in the right way or if you're not engaging in the right way then you might be excluded like you say mm-hmm. to, that, that that aspect of pleasure and enjoyment is is so important to it and i suppose that's the the kind of um insidious maybe uh, aspect yeah. of this um which is uh, that and this is this is something which is kind of consistent across lots of areas of work um in uh, 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 across the board really now is this this compulsion um wherever that comes from to to love what you're doing <laughs> yep. and everything everything is a vocation so even you know uh, working in burger king is a, is a vocation uh, you you, mm-hmm. you have to be aligned with the values of the company mm-hmm. uh, and, that, and then that goes right down to this level of you know that, that you're um like you say you're putting your emotions and you're kind of putting your some of yourself out there into um um into this online world um and that people do get genuine enjoyment out of it i, I don't doubt and I, I certainly do in some of the things I do, um, but it is still being appropriated. And there is still, like you say, that pressure to do it, mm-hmm. pressure to be engaged in that way. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's, I mean I, I'm very fa- a big fan of thinking about this in terms of continuity. And it's the same pressure that because it's, it's, I guess, digital, digital media and social media and, and that pressure is, is the extension of consumer culture. Yeah, it's the same thing as you know, or wearing the same right fashion and 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 finding that self actualization in your dress, in your clothing, in your consumer goods. Um, it's it's an extension of that logic, I think, and how we become disciplined to be these choosing selves. It has a very particular kind of neoliberal, uh, I guess, approach to it. So it's about self actualization and you know, being free to choose and and being expressive and creative um, and doing what you love. Um, uh, uh, but it is it is very very similar in terms of you know across the 20th century since the emergence of I guess you know hardcore consumer capitalism that expression of self through uh, consumption and consumption practices. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I've been reading recently um, some of the work around um, uh, fan cultures, mm-hmm. uh, which has been kind of applied in this way to digital labour. What you're saying there just really reminds me of that and that that idea which again goes a long way back throughout kind of consumer culture of um, looking at the, the role in which fans um, uh, of particular kind of music or a particular mm-hmm. um, kind of uh, area of literature or, or sport or anything like that play this really important constructive and emotional uh, and affective kind of role in, in constructing what a, a particular brand or an idea means um, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and in perpetuating that and encouraging others to, to engage mm-hmm. with it. 
Yeah, I mean that's where I started in terms right. of research was online fan cultures back in yeah. back in the olden days on <laughs> Usenet. Like <laughs> that's how old school I am. So <laughs> um, yeah, and so I kind of I come out of that fan cultural research, which is which is why in some ways it was quite organic for me to think through yeah. the economic and the and the social and cultural and and how they might they like both of them are equally important to consider when you're trying to understand. Um, the political economy of 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 a media and cultural um, text or object or practice. Absolutely, and I think uh, another part of that which is really important again, which you just kind of um, uh, touched on, there is is that um, that role of um, of sort of maintaining and connecting um, networks and of that kind of um, pressure or pleasure taken out of uh, of kind of building kind of communities, I suppose, mm. and I think maybe the kind of a slightly banal example of that in the Facebook context is is that kind of pressure many people feel to say happy birthday to someone when, <laughs> when Facebook reminds them that it's their birthday because it's like well, what then there's no pressure to send a birthday card anymore but there is to, to kind of uh, say it on Facebook and then if you're not doing that is that saying something but um but that yeah. kind of uh, but that, that kind of I think there's a connection there between that kind of the role which things like birthdays and Christmas and whatever have played in, in maintaining communities and families and, and uh-huh. those kinds of networks and I think that kind of brings to that other uh, the aspect we've not really touched on yet is the very much the gendered aspect of this uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, which is of course why you you choose this term uh, digital housewife and uh, as well as that connection with those kinds of fan cultures and, and, and broader areas of consumer culture you make this connection between these forms of digital labor um, and uh, and the, the the social reproduction work which has been done usually by by women throughout history uh-huh. um and do you so but do you still see that as as a very gendered practice which is now which uh, which is now happening uh, in this kind of digital sphere yeah i think it's it's interesting i think i mean it's gendered in the sense that communication cognition care is gendered feminine like they're called, yeah. uh, you know, in terms of industry, in terms of education, they're called soft skills, right? They're, 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 they're absolutely aligned with the feminine. Um, but they are core to, to I guess, industry and labour these days uh, uh, in terms of, you know, what we consider to be valorised labour systems. Um, uh, so in terms of industrialised north, we're talking about, you know, the symbol manipulation industries, the tertiary industries that, mm-hmm. you know, so many say are what dominate the economy. It's not quite true. They're still manufacturing and they're still, you know, primary industries. Um, but in terms of growth over the last, you know, I guess, since the 70s, really, they've they kind of been growing in significance. Um, and so we're looking here and, and that, that kind of feminization of work uh, practices. Um, what's interesting though is, is when this work is being done by, um, by men, they tend to get more rewards for it. I think this is in Lisa Adkins' work. They get more rewards for uh, adopting and articulating effectively these feminized qualities than women do because it's considered natural for women to do that. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, you see, we see, I see that in my own workplace where all the kind of pastoral care work gets you know farmed out to the women in the department or just falls on them because they're the one 
the students knock on their door uh, with and um, but then when you know there is a male colleague who does it he's like considered a saint and it's just like, rest of us just doing it because that's what we do um, uh, I think I might have gone slightly somewhere uh, different from your question but I think I think um, yeah I can't remember what your question was at this point yeah, uh, it was very interesting yeah no, to which to what extent is is are these social reproduction and these kind of um, this usual kind of um, affective intensities uh, to what I said are they still gendered because of course we, we all do engage in some of these mm -hmm. practices mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah I suppose you, you have answered really because you suggested that, that just the the act of that kind of um, uh, those kind of communicative and, and affective um, tasks are, are in themselves gendered but I think um, partly what I was getting at as well is that there's um, you use some interesting examples I think in your book where you talk about um, the particular kinds of work that, that go on in terms of um, on, on maybe on um, if I remember rightly uh, maybe sites like like Pinterest uh -huh. um, and and the production of kind of YouTube videos um, maybe kind of analyzing um, uh, uh, analyzing uh, um, uh, literature or, or or doing the kinds of uh, one of the big things is um, you know makeup tips and, and, and uh -huh. as a big genre and these kinds of things. Um, there is a lot of kind of um, work um, that goes into that, which is uh -huh. is often kind of really offered up um, free, um, often by by women for the uh -huh. kind of uh, the the, sort of the the good of kind of you know putting something yourself out there and and, and of offering some kind of um, uh, something useful out uh, out to the world. Although obviously some some do generate income from it, but um, yeah. there does seem to be. Um, these quite feminized spaces in that way, which are, which really take on those, those aspects of digital labor, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, uh, a, a lot of what we're doing in social media is, 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 is work that has historically been associated with, with, I guess, um, uh, I mean, if you think about the self-branding work uh, mm -hmm. that's associated with so much of what we're doing online is actually putting a brand of ourselves, whether it's a, it's a kind of, a, a, curated self on Instagram or, a, or, a, you know, your, your, oh God, I'm going to use a LinkedIn profile if anyone's on LinkedIn anymore. What's that? But, <laughs> I know, apparently it's a thing, you get emails from it a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but also, I mean, particularly Twitter as a kind of public um, uh, space uh, and, and whether it's, you know, self-branding for employment purposes or actually just putting yourself out there as a type of person. Um, that self-presentation work, which was always the domain of women, you know, the makeup and clothing and, you know, dressing for the, for the, to be looked at by others. Um, that's a lot of what we're doing um, on so many platforms, um, whether it's YouTube videos, whether it's what have you, which is why, why things like mommy blogging is really interesting and the, and the use of, of, uh, of actual digital housewives, not metaphoric digital housewives, like the one yeah. in the book. Um, uh you know, using it as a monetization, as a way of actually generating uh, generating direct um, uh, exchange value from stuff that would otherwise just be, um, uh, you know, indirectly absorbed into capital. So it's it's kind of interesting uh, as as kind of just a little kind of flipping it, flipping the script a little bit there. Yeah, and I think um, the, with that kind of mummy blogging. Um, example um again how that's kind of shifted a bit from a kind of it seems to be it, it was a couple of years ago or, or so it was about how to be a good mom uh -huh. and now it's kind of like 
um, kind of almost reacting against that and, and have um, um, forgotten what the, the <laughs> ones are called. But it's usually something to do with being a more man drinking gin or yep. something yeah. like this. Um, Sometimes still, you hate your kids all, and stuff like that. Exactly. You can still be a good more man, but you mm -hmm. fail half the time. And it, mm -hmm. it's almost this kind of maybe Bridget Jonesization of it. And uh, um, that kind of idea. Um, but it's still kind of constructing and, and engaging with this idea about about uh about domestic and well and and kind of uh emotional and effective labor really mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think um yeah it's fascinating there's a lot of really good work coming out about you know uh, mummy bloggers and influencers who are just of course both very feminized uh, uh spheres of labor um yeah uh, which is great and so i, I just ask a, a a question also um about the kind of a bit more theoretical mm -hmm. um and so i think you're um if i'm interpreting this right your work comes out of an engagement with kind of the autonomous marxist mm -hmm. um kind of uh, critique that people like antonio negri and paolo uh, verno and people like that but um drawing on some of the the sort of the the, the feminist critiques of that as well um, um people like um silvia federici i mm -hmm. think um mm -hmm. who, who you kind of cite a bit mm -hmm. um uh, what what is it that you see as as being kind of um omitted or kind of problematic about that more traditional um maybe masculine oriented um aspects of autonomous uh marxism i suppose uh, specifically in terms of um uh, what you briefly mentioned earlier that their, their notion of immaterial labor um which i think you you kind of problematize to some extent Mm -hmm. Right, there may be swearing. At the <laughs> That's okay. Just, <laughs> just well, I didn't trigger warning. Put a warning on when I edit this. <laughs> <laughs> um, the um, yeah, so uh, yeah, my, my my book comes out of a frustration with that literature in particular because um, I, I guess one of the key autonomous Marxism is is that recomposition of class to include unpaid work. So both. The unemployed uh, and uh, women doing unpaid domestic work, and you know that that comes out of the activism of of scholars and also uh, ordinary women. Uh, not that scholars aren't ordinary, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and and the feminist movement, right? uh, particularly in Italy in that particular moment, that all, all the people fighting the wages for housework movement. So. But what fascinates me when you read, particularly the you know Hart and Negri series, there's very few mentions of this scholarship of this work, which is kind of puzzling because so much of what they're talking about and articulating Hart and Negri in particular is are the ideas that that were already being circulated in mm. that field of inquiry. They're just not being cited, which um, um, is enraging <laughs> on many levels. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It seems like a deliberate omission, almost, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it happens everywhere when it comes to citation. Women, all the studies of citation say women don't get cited. Yeah. Um, by anyway, but what that does, um, what that done then is create this kind of, uh, uh, I guess, it's historical myopia that um, that allows them to suggest that what we're seeing in the conditions of the material labour is somehow new somehow specific to post-Bordist uh, capitalism, which is, uh, when, you, when you look at the nature of the work that was going on um, that wasn't being done 
by white men in industrialized work contexts, which of course is the key focus of so much orthodox Marxism is that's what labor looks like. Um, And if you compare the contemporary moment to that, of course it looks different, but if you compare the contemporary moment to what women were doing in the house, in the home, what, um, you know, uh, um, uh, people were doing uh, more widely than that particular labor context, then you see a lot more continuity then you see difference um, with what's going on. And so, and, and that then leads to problems of us not, well, people going, we have no models for theorizing this. And I'm like, well, we do. <laughs> Just saying. Um, we did get, actually, my reason to write the book was to go, you do know we've already talked about this before, people. Mm. <laughs> Just, you know, I don't want um, um, you know, to tell you how to suck eggs, but I'm just saying, there's all these women who wrote about this. So, um, but then also what it also gives us in terms of actual struggle, in terms of the actual politics of this, is that it stops us seeing different models for how to respond, how to, um, how to resist and how to engage differently. Um, if we're not, uh, because we've got resistance that's always been in place around this kind of labor, whether it's passive resistance or it's active resistance. And so we've got other politics that we can bring in that we're obscuring if we don't actually look past one particular kind of labor as as the model uh, for all things yeah that's fascinating and i think that that really um and i did it without swearing which is well pretty good because <laughs> i'm pretty angry about all of that <laughs> yeah. no i mean yeah quite rightly and um and, and so there's lots of people I, I mentioned right at the start that i'd kind of entirely overlooked this at least in terms of digital labor i was aware of some of those those critiques in a more general sense, but somehow I didn't put it together. And I think that that's partly due to that kind of, that kind of uh, sort of, uh, historical and theoretical myopia, uh, as, as you suggested, and there's not really any excuse for it. But I think um, another thing which is really um, crucial there, as you said, it, it provides different models for, for analyzing this and for, uh, and, and for resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it, it really highlights um, to me, I think, the, the the difficulties um of challenging these kinds of things um mm-hmm. because um if you just see it through that kind of that more autonomous marxist uh, kind of masculinist sense it maybe seems a bit more straightforward than it really is mm-hmm. um because of all the things we, we, we've already talked about in terms of the way um th- this kind of labor is tied up in identities and emotions and communities and, and families mm-hmm. and, and these kinds of things mm. Yeah, I think I think um, part of that difficulty is that it is still meaningful and rich and important, yeah. and all the things that are not that are, that are contrary to capitalism already, right? Uh, it's just that it is also in capitalism. Uh, it's not it's not inherently outside, but it can be, and I think that's the bit. Sylvia Federici talks about reproduction, social reproduction as ground zero. Um, for, for struggle and and so it's about creating different subjects and different bodies and different different embodiments and different you know uh, ideological orientations and dispositions uh, as as possibly this, as, as, as a key site of of struggle and resistance when you live in a saturated uh, capitalist system when you're saturated by capital um, so in many ways the, the struggle comes from inside rather than some mythical outside based on this prelapsarian myth of this space we had where we weren't ever 
penetrated by the dictates of capitalism because it's like we always like if, if, if the gender division of labor kicked in pretty damn early and yeah. so and female subjectivities and gendered subjectivities emerge out of that and so you know we've all historically been uh, our, our internal our self has been constructed through this mechanism but it can also resist it because clearly there's been resistance for the last however yeah. long yeah. so um it's in that arena of, of social reproduction that, that you know we can, we can fight the man if you will <laughs> <laughs> well, literally perhaps yeah yeah <laughs> and it, i think that's so crucial as well because i think it would be so easy for us to think that you know it, reading these kind of critiques of digital labor and things like this to to assume that well if i just ditch Facebook and Twitter and, uh, and, and um, Instagram and whatever else, then I'm not really, then, then that's that. I'm, I'm doing my bit for kind of, for getting away from it. And if, if all these silly people who spend all their time on social media would just get off it, then that would kind of solve the problem. But of course it wouldn't. Not at all. Because not it's all. just a particularly, a, a quite effective, but a particular manifestation or a particular kind of exploitation of those kinds of, yeah. those kinds of practices. You know, it is, it is a, it's a kind of a very clean way of doing it because they've found this quite clever way of turning all those things into numbers mm-hmm. um, and into data, which is, which is very handy. But that wouldn't solve the problem. No, and um, and in many ways, the the problem of being a consumer or user of Facebook, Twitter, or whatever, is is the the probably less problematic aspect of digital labour. Going back to your original question about the definition, you know, I'm probably more exercised about the exploitation of of platform workers um, yeah. than my Uber driver. Not that actually we don't have Uber here. Well, we have their um, headquarters. We don't actually have Uber as a functioning. System here. <laughs> that, that says something about the kind of global political economy as well, doesn't it? <laughs> exactly. Oh, I could start waxing lyrical about um, corporation tax rates and well, this place being a tax haven at all. Uh, oh, there'd be more swearing if I did that. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so I'm more worried about that in terms of in terms of what needs addressing, and and that struggle involves, I guess, in some ways, different subjectivities, but also different modes of thinking about uh, about different modes of subjectivity to actually just basically redesign capitalism so our go-to isn't let's find ways to to exploit people (laughs) and create platforms that facilitate that Um, you know it's a big wish that one but it might also involve some more old-fashioned I guess forms of struggle that do come from industrialized labor so looking at you know labor action uh, you know strike industrial disputes uh, strikes and and of course all the, the work that's been done by going to court to be defined as workers which is yeah. really important so kind of using i guess more traditional means um so i think you know this whole idea of uh i, I guess my point is that uh, you know social reproduction is one of the things we need to look at and it's the thing that gets uh, that disappears if we don't if we only look at certain kinds of work but it's not the only mechanism we need in terms of, of uh, creating a, a, a more fair system than we have or, you know, for overturning capitalism completely. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a good... Uh, overturning capitalism completely, I think that's, that's a, good, <laughs> a, a, good, a good aim. <laughs> and end um, it on revolution. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I don't expect you to, to have these kind of answers at all, but of course... And um, people always want to know, you know, what is it they could do and this kind of thing. But I think you uh, you do in the discussion we've just had and in your book, you do actually offer some uh, uh, because of offering those different ways of looking at these things uh, as well as complicating it, it. It does 
it does clarify things um, a, a bit more, I think, for us. And I think that that's extremely valuable in itself. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, um, that, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Because um, I'm, I'm usually known for just complaining about things. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. Well, uh, complaining is important as well. So. Yes. Um, but um, I'll say uh, goodbye now. But, and and uh, but thank you for talking to me. I don't want to take up uh, any more of your time. I know you're extremely busy, uh, uh, um, uh, particularly at this time of year. But I'll um, uh, thank you again. And um, I do urge anyone who hasn't uh, looked at your book yet that they should go out and, and, and seek it out as soon as possible because it's, uh, uh, it, as well as um, being extremely informative, it's also a very... Um, uh, a, a very entertaining read as well um, with some particularly nice um, uh, uh, chapter titles as well uh, I, I won't give those away but they're, they're, <laughs> some of those made me laugh as well and, and do look for it on a torrent somewhere because um, big publishing is evil and should be stopped uh, that's, that's also true <laughs> they, they, they want to take a lot of our money away from us exactly, uh, exactly. so finding a free copy wherever that Yes, and that's a, that's a good recommendation. It's very important. Yeah. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, thank you very much. Well, thank you. Thank uh, you for having me and uh, no, no for engaging um, with with the wee book. Yes. Oh no. Thank you. Um, yeah. It's it's been uh, great to have a chat, and I'll see you again soon, hopefully. Yeah. I'll see you soon, Chris. Bye. Bye.